This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. Richie Ote, what's up, my brother? How you doing there, sir? Doing great. How about you? All right, all right. Wait, wait, it's holding it down in the studio, and Kelly's got it under control back at headquarters, and super excited today to get back onto the reinvention radio wagon here and uh, and sit down with uh, a friend of mine you've actually been in my house you know that Shanda you've actually been you remember that you've actually been in my house it's so funny like I so Shanda Sumter is hanging out with us today and you look amazing in your new house by the way uh, where, where where is that beautiful home of yours Solana are you in Solana no I'm in Cardiff now. Cardiff right nice yeah nice beautiful so a custom home you guys built that one from you and Ash built that one from scratch yes and yeah, we, we actually bought um, an old broken down home in with a beautiful view and uh, tore it all down and, and built our own house. Nice. I'm right a couple blocks from you, probably. I'm yeah. in Encinitas. Oh, oh wonderful. Close. Very close. So, so, Shanda, lots of amazing things going on for you. I mean, your, your rise has been nothing short of stratospheric, to say the least. And so knowing how busy you are and everything that you've got going on, uh, and, and by the way, you are a well-protected woman. Like, I can't even get your phone number from Ash, your husband. Like, y- y- your husband won't even give me your, your phone number. I'm like, I got to text Shanda. He's like, Ash, what's Shanda's number? Like, no response. The, the, the guy does have a phone, right? Because he, uh, yes, he does, I think. So, yeah, I know it's bad. It's bad. My, my husband even has fears of people, like, uh, coming by our house because we had a weird thing happen at an event not too long ago where... Um, it was a scary situation, and my my husband was just like, seriously, Shanda, like we have to get everything unlisted. So, Ooh, so we do so many events, and we're um, we're online so much, and we like where traffic is just off the charts right now, and yeah. and it brings that next element that you're not ever expecting. Yeah, and how old is your uh, your little man right now? He just turned four. Just turned four, and so are we filling that house with others, or are we done? We are working on it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we got this big old house now. Now we got to fill it with love and noise, right? That's uh, that's yeah. the plan. Awesome. All right. So, look. It, mm, needless to say, here on Reinvention Radio, we cover a lot of ground. Not the least of which, of course, is how you have reinvented your life and your business to get to where you are now. Uh, it's not always been sunshine and flowers and roses and beautiful views, no. No. Um... Well, and it's and it's not now either. Like, like even I, I feel like every growth, it's like a new reinvention. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it, it yeah. It's just um, I was just coaching someone who said, you know, she she makes, you know, she's going to do eight hundred thousand dollars this year, and and she was she was asking to come into our coaching program, and and I just don't have any space at, mm. at this level, right? And so, um, but I was talking to her, and I just helped her anyway, and. She's worried about like growing her company too big and still being able to be a mom, you know, and that fear and that growth. And I said to her, I said, you know, up until about three to five million, I know that's a gap, three to, but up to three to five million, honestly, you still don't need to have to really understand how to run a business. I mean, it, you can, you can, you can really do that and not kill yourself. But at about the five million dollar mark, it starts to get really weird. And it's like you, you hired somebody that you thought was amazing and then you find out they're bipolar and they're quitting on you in the middle of an event or, you know, like just the weirdest things start to happen. And, 
I even had a moment the other day um, where, you know, we do a big zone event every year, Steve. Yeah. Coming up. It's coming up here in a few yes. months. And, and by the way, I planted the seed with Kelly. My, your Kelly. We, we both have Kellys. And actually, you have two Kellys. So you're one up on me in terms of Kellys on your team. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I actually planted the seed with, uh, with Kelly this morning about trying to figure out how to, uh, how to do some stage time there and maybe sponsor your stage and all that fun stuff. So we'll cool. perhaps we'll play there. We can, we can chat about it, but it's like, um, at a moment where I literally sat in bed and I cried for about 60 seconds. And then I looked at my husband, I said, I, I just like, this isn't going to get me anywhere. Like, I just need to like put on my big girl panties and go. And it's because, you know, we got three to four events a month. We got, and this isn't me like, like this, like I'm humbly saying this, like, it's like, yeah. It's a good out of control, but it's out of control growth. It's like, be careful what you pray for, because it's like the door that just keeps coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. So I feel like I'm reinventing myself again. I'm, I'm, I will not um, give up being a mom. You know, at 2.45, I stop my day and I pick up my son from school and he sees my pearly whites when he comes out of, the, comes out of school and I'm there to grab him and hug him and drive him home. And, but I started work at 4 o'clock this morning. Wow. And, you know, and so, but I, and I could work till 10 PM, but I won't. So yeah. it's like, I, I, it's like the whole game is like, how do I keep reinventing myself? Cause everybody tells me that I have to work these crazy hours. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I haven't had to do it yet. Right. But it's not without pressure and letting things bleed. Yeah. So to that end, and I know you guys have a ton of questions and we'll get to, to plenty of these as well. But, uh, so 2018 revenue, do you mind sharing what those numbers were and what you're anticipating for 2019, generally speaking? Um, so 2019 will be at 28 million. To eight. 28 million. That's yeah. amazing, Shanda. Congrats on yeah, that. That's, wow. That's crazy. 28 yeah. million in sales. So yeah. we won't take in 28 right. million. Yeah, yeah. 28 million in sales for yeah. sure. And what's that um, year over year growth then? Where were we at in 2018? Do you know generally? I'm so not, I'm so not driven that way. Yeah. Last, last year we did, um, we brought in the door 6 million. So we probably sold like eight and a half, mm-hmm. nine. Wow. Um, so yeah, it's a it's explosive growth. It's yeah. ex- it's explosive, and I'm just getting started. Right. So let let's take it back though a notch, going back to some of the more difficult times. Have you have you always been wired as an entrepreneur? Did you have family support? What just take us back through some of the early entrepreneurial days or early job days? Yeah. My so my dad is an entrepreneur. My mom was a furniture saleswoman that stayed in the same company for as long as I can remember. Um, but, uh, I liked my dad's life better. Honestly, I think that's how I became an entrepreneur. Like my dad and my mom were separated. They're good friends, but I go to my dad's house and, you know, it was amazing dinners. We had, we had like, you know, a driver and, um, like a, a living like cook and just like, it was just a different life. You go the, you go the, you go to the mall, all girls love to shop, go to the mall. And my dad would buy like five pairs of the same running shoes. Cause he knew what he liked. And he didn't want to come back. You know what I mean? And so I just liked that life. I was in my first limousine with my father um, in Los Angeles. And I remember being in the back of the limousine and kind of pouting because I wanted to be back in Canada with my boyfriend. And I was uh, way too young to be dating. And I remember looking at my dad and I said, it was on the other side of the limo. And I said, dad, you know, the world looks so much better from the inside of a limousine. Mm. And, And my dad looked at me and goes, honey, never forget that. And it was an honest like reflection that had nothing to do with money. It had everything to do with the freedom that, and how beautiful the world looks when you sit inside of a beautiful car and a beautiful limousine 
like driving through even the most ghetto places in Los Angeles look better from the inside of a limousine. Mm. So I think I started getting attracted to entrepreneurship there. And, but, but the, but I didn't really like nail it as entrepreneurship. What I grabbed onto was I liked the power. I liked um, the freedom. I liked being important. And so I think everybody in their life, like we all have a driver and significance tends to be a lot of our drivers, um, at least as entrepreneurs. We want to get that we matter. We want to get that we're significant, that what we're working on, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I've never been able to keep a team member because I pay them more. You know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah. they're unhappy and they think it's money's going to make them happier. I've given more money and it's like, no, like unhappiness comes from deep within and also happiness comes from deep within. Mm -hmm. So I chased that freedom in corporate America. And what I found was I would even, I even worked for one of the companies for six months for free and, and built a whole division that ended up being over a hundred million dollar division in less than two years. And again, um, I don't say that from a bragging standpoint, cause I can't even tell you that I could do that again. Like it was a great brand that opened doors and they believed in me. And so I didn't know I was going to create something like that. But what I did find out is when I got to the top of that ladder, that real estate and um, that world, like it, you know, it came with, I was drinking too much. I was doing cocaine. I was, you know, I was just living a life that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. I was up late and I was still up early and, um, and realized this is not my life that I want. And so that's when I started my coaching company after that. Mm -hmm. so it's, such a, it's such a trip. Like the journey is a trip. Like, I don't know, don't look on, I feel like people just need to realize like the pretty pictures that you see on Instagram, <laughs> like I do a content day for those, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? This is actually how I look like all the time. <laughs> I look like this, you know, like, and I think it's really easy. I even was talking to my friend, Randy Garn. I don't know if you know him, but mm -hmm. I was talking to Randy Garn's wife and, in Hawaii like last week and I was like you know what's weird is I was looking at this girl on Instagram and like she was perfect and I was like and I love the way she dressed and I was like gosh I would love to dress like that all the time and to have lips like that and to have like you know a body like that and and like and I was talking to I was talking to Randy's wife and I was like you know what's crazy like the truth is is I'm actually like a baseball cap leggings sloppy shirt type girl and that's really who I am but we look at these pictures and we think that that's what it looks like I think people look at entrepreneurship and go oh it's like the the jet and the Rolls Royce mm -hmm. like it's it's just not yeah. it's just it's just not like half the people are renting their Rolls Royces not to say there's anything wrong with that but renting them and they're putting them in their shots because they're trying to entice you to a lifestyle which is why I even got into entrepreneurship but let me tell you that lifestyle comes with a lot of pressure it just does. It comes with a lot of pressure. Yeah, for sure. And I love it. And I love it. Like, I love it. Richie, yeah. Mary? Yeah, it's funny because we just finished Beyond Eight Figures, and you qualify for both, right? You literally could be on both shows. Are, are we going to have her on Beyond Eight Figures I know, as well? Right? Yeah. I, there's a part of me that, like, do I ask Beyond Eight Figures questions? Yes, do. I do. ask Reinvention Radio you ask questions? Both. Yeah. So I just... So I heard the story with dad and you see the vision and I love your honesty that you, you know, went into like, I didn't even know if that was entrepreneurship that I locked onto as much as like the power wanted to be significant. Right. So thank you for your honesty there first and foremost. And, and when you said, 
So we talk about on Beyond Eight Figures. I'm going to kind of go between both these shows. Yeah. We talk about starting, scaling, and exiting. And you are obviously scaling right now. So, And we covered a little bit of what got you started. But since this is Reinvention Radio on this actual show, and they tune in for Reinvention, what made you say, here I am, this corporate, I did this, and now I'm going to go into coaching? Like what, what was yeah. that jump? What was the start, let's say? So first I want to say that I am deep in scripture now and deeply believe in scripture. Um, and before I believed in God and I was deeply into shamans and things like that. And I actually went to see a shaman and had an experience with a shaman and thought I was going crazy. Like it was like I had a reoccurring thought inside my head that was a voice. And I honestly thought that something was like something was wrong with me. And that, that voice is what I, I really believe it was God based on um, so much uh, I, that I've heard and read from people who have had these experiences because it was a very echoey voice. It was very strong. And for two and a half hours in my car, it kept tell, telling me that I needed to teach financial freedom. And I was in real estate. I built this big division. I wasn't necessarily happy, but I liked, I liked parts of the job. You know, when people say I love what I do, I loved parts of the job. Um, and, uh, and basically this voice was leading me to coach, speak, write books. And I was like, I'm not a speaker. I didn't even know speakers. I didn't even know any of this was a real thing. Like I never would have thought like today in this world, we do podcasting, you know what I mean? Like, or that, like, um, I just, I just, even like being an author was a fake job to me, you know, like it didn't feel like a real thing. Like. I didn't aspire to be a motivational speaker when I grow up. Like that's not, wasn't even my realm. So I was fighting with this voice saying, I'm not a speaker. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to coach it. I don't want to do any of this stuff. I just want to do what I'm doing. Like I I was flying to London every two weeks. I was, I had built over a hundred, it was $170 million in sales at that point on the books um, in about 14, 15 months. It was like, I'm on something good, but I didn't feel it. You know what I mean? Like I, didn't, mm-hmm. I was in alignment with it, but I should—I knew I should have loved it. Like kind of like growing up, getting married and getting a house and having kids. Like I should be happy, but I wasn't, you know? And so finally, because I kind of got freaked out, I, I just said, all right, I'll call my friend Robert. And if he does this with me, then I'll launch a program, but I never want to hear from you again. And the voice just stopped. And I called Robert and I kept my word. And Robert said, I would be happy to launch something with you. I've always thought you should be in this space. And he gave me 24 hours to create a program. I sat on the ground. I meditated. I had crystals all around me. I had candles lit. I was like, it was like something dropped into my mind about what to teach. And then I launched my first program and had the aha moment of how much I loved it. Mm. That's how this company truly started. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Mary? Um, do you want to give us some background? Like, what was your first product? And then maybe your first program, first event, things like yeah. that. Great. Yeah. So um, now I am an event company. Um, I'm a coaching and event company. When I started, I started with my first, uh, you know, six, eight week program. I can't remember if it was six or eight weeks. It was called The Art of Receiving Money. I was very confused about who I am, like, am I spiritual or am I business? And so I just kind of merged them together and did somewhat of a personal development money course. Um, what I knew is that it's it's kind of like what Tony Robbins, Russell Brunson, and and Dean Graziosi just launched the the whole knowledge blueprint thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in a world that we get paid for our knowledge. We just are. Do you know what I mean? And so I kind of just 
somehow intuitively was like, I could get paid for learning how to spot opportunities and getting myself to execute them. I didn't know that that was resilience that I was selling. Um, but that's what I launched and I sold. And I, I, I think I sold it for like something like, you know, three or $4,000 and like eight people said yes on a conference call. And I was like, it's crazy. Like, right. That's just really crazy. I didn't even, don't even know these people. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just was hooked after that. And then when I was coaching them, you know, imagine this, I have the corner office in the corporate building and I'm sitting in my car, you know, for hours coaching before I went in the building because I just loved coaching people. I would coach them literally if they booked me for private coaching for like 50 bucks. And now like people, you know, spend anywhere upwards of 50 to over that to coach with me for four hours, you know, like 50,000. So it's, just, it's such a trip how this whole thing came about. The events are insane. Talk about reinvention. I was afraid of public speaking. I mean, back when I started, if, if you guys asked me to even do a show like this, I would have told you I was sick. Like, I, I, I just, I wouldn't have wanted to show up because mm-hmm. God forbid if I didn't say the right thing or, or like it wasn't good enough, then, then like, what would that say about me? So I avoided success like the plague. And so, but people kept pushing me forward and, and people kept calling me forward. Um, but I was afraid of public speaking. And now it's crazy. I just, I always say entrepreneurship or reinvention, you know, however you want to look at it, like the next level of life, business, whatever, has actually nothing to do with you. It's all, it's all about generosity and giving. And, and when you realize like, if your marriage isn't working, then what are you, what are you really not hearing? And what are you not giving? You know, if you're, if you're like overweight, it's like, okay, like, like you're not like what are you not willing to do? You're not really willing to give yourself the time to prepare the meals, like, or you're not willing to, you know, pay somebody to come in. There's always like some give that happens. Mm-hmm. Like everything has to do with a give. And so what I've found the secret to to me reinventing and reinventing and reinventing and unhooking from the pressure, like super quickly, like my 60 second cry the other day, you know, it's like that's not me being tough. Like I, I'm I'm it's not me being tough. I'm not being a tough, I hate this whole independent woman thing. Like, I don't like that. Like, I actually like to be hugged by my husband. I like to rest into him. I like to be a girl. Um, And I also get that there's masculine qualities of driving a point that are really important, right? Mm -hmm. But these reinventing points have always come in these moments of realizing like, like, okay, it's all about me. If I'm struggling, it's all about me. Like, it's all self-imposed. It's all self you know, as consumed. When I stop thinking about me for a second, I think about like, what would happen if I did this radio show? Like what, what could that do for someone? Like what could, what could happen if I just got up on that stage and made an offer? Mm-hmm. What, like what could happen if I really took myself seriously and like got in the best shape of my life? Like what really could happen? Like maybe I live longer. Maybe I, you know, whatever you get what I'm saying. Like, so yeah. The unhookedness to reinvent, I believe the secret is generosity. I think it's the answer to everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of going back a, a few steps to, because uh, I think I was at a, a Zone event of yours, and whenever you did it at the Hard Rock in downtown San Diego, so maybe that's yeah. three or four, four years. years. Four years ago, yeah. That's four when years. I just had my son. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a few years, uh, obviously more than a few years then ago here. So at that event, I mean, at that point, you had a pretty 
good-sized crowd. It was a really impressive event. What were you offering at that point in terms of, because you're, you're clearly a natural-born leader. People are attracted to working with you, and I know your company, Hardcore Business, is really structured around you know, helping entrepreneurs share their gifts and be able to monetize those gifts. So you had something, I think, called Pace Club back then. Was that, yeah, was that what it was called, Pace Club? Yes. Yeah. It's called Pace Private now. It's okay. A, it's a program with private uh, coaching in it. Got but it. But here, here is, so again, you guys, I have had to walk through being bored with my program, not wanting to teach it anymore, mm. not wanting to do, and I've had to fight every desire. Like, I would love to teach events. I do 60 plus events a year. I would wow. love, like, I like watch the people teaching events. I'm like, sell a product with tickets to it. Get on the road and dog and pony show. And I'm like, I've done none of that. I take off five and a half months a year. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I've done none of that. Like, I would love to teach that. But, like, again, entrepreneurship or just life, really, truly, like, you will get what you, we heard, we've heard that saying, like, give and you'll receive, right? We don't really believe it because if people did, they would just go to the give all the time and that mm -hmm. would just be their solution with getting unstuck. Mm -hmm. But it's like, um, I have just sold that program basically we're going on the ninth year of our company um i have sold that program i think it's either seven or eight years and that's the main thing i talk about is that program everywhere mm -hmm. it's still the same problem you know seven eight years later i still see the same problem when i speak at an event i ask them how many people have an audience or an email list of five thousand ten thousand twenty thousand and nobody has it mm -hmm. it's like like in a, in a thousand people, I just did an event and I asked that to, um, you know, we do all these like two, 300 person events. We do two or three of those a month. And um, you lead all those or do you have a team that leads those? Um, I lead two a month and I have somebody else lead the third one a month. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm, I go in at 830. I start at nine and I'm done at 430. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's, if I went into an office, that's what I would do. You yeah. know what I mean? So gotcha. um, it's all built around like a quality life. So do you have but, the email list? That's one of the questions you run through. You started going through some of the things that you asked them. So I asked them if they have an email list in the last group. of, about, I think there was like 150 at the last one. And, um, and literally there were two people in the room that had an email list of 5,000. There was nobody that had an email list of 10,000. Wow. I see this everywhere. So just mm -hmm. because I teach entrepreneurship, I'm like, I wouldn't start with cold traffic. I wouldn't start with trying to become an online influencer because I don't own that traffic. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we can go into that, but it's like, it's like I just, I just sell the same thing because I still see the same problem in the marketplace. People mm -hmm. are not bad, stupid. Um, they're not. They're like, they just have put their their resources in the wrong order. Yeah, so let, let's go into that if you don't mind, because I'd love to know then what it is that you are teaching your people, because there's, there's so many coaches out there who, you know, frankly, um, are, are really good at what they do, but they just can't seem to, to get results for their students. You, you seem to get really great results for your students, which is, I mean, obviously a testament to, to you and your leadership abilities, but also it then reflects in the growth that you're seeing year over year with with yeah. you know with hardcore so so what is it that you're actually doing then with these so if they come to this event and then they they sign up for pace or one of those like what what are you taking them through well um can i preface it with this sure. it really doesn't matter what i'm teaching even though i'll tell you you know obviously that'd be great but it's not it if someone's going to learn from this piece 
it's not really what I'm teaching. Okay. What's important is that you influence one, like one thing for many, many years. Like whatever thing that you see is the, is the foundational problem of whoever your ideal client is, whatever the foundational problem is, like, I don't even, it's like people with weight loss. They're like, I, I don't want to teach weight loss. I'm so much bigger than weight loss. I'm like, I don't care if you don't want to teach weight loss. Like mm-hmm. a, you, you've mastered that piece. So teach it, you know, teach it, find, teach other people how to teach it, you know, and build a company around that. And then people will, you know, you create wealth by people sending up. So once I, once I, so once I, you know, make my offer for my online, my, on, my foundational program, Pace Private, then 60% of them like ascend up to marketing mastery mm. and they, and they stay there. Like that's the wealth chain mm-hmm. because there's no, there's no customer acquisition at that point, And it's just cost of the expense of, of delivering that program mm-hmm. and you know, personnel inside the company. But, um, but if you pick one thing and whatever it is that you've mastered, whatever knowledge you've mastered and you just, just say, you know what, for the rest of my life, as long as this is relevant, I will teach people. If they keep coming, I will teach people how to do this piece. And then you'll see, you just ask them what's that next thing that they want. And they all want like a similar thing. And that becomes the big promise of the next offer. Mm. And I just focused on that for many, many years. Now I have a speaker's division and I have a leadership division, um, but that's because people's leadership, they kept needing me for their leadership. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the woman with her child, her children, and she's nervous to grow her company. I'm like, that's a leadership thing. Like the way I take off five and a half months a year is not time management. It's actually a leadership training. I keep building my leadership. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Richie, sure. <laughs> Just like, a million thousand things, things. <laughs> but it sounds like because there's two main things I wanted to kind of go into it. It sounds like part of what you were just saying is you solve your own problems. So you solved your own problems. You were leaving this old job and then you solved your problem. You had no list. You had you had to start somewhere. Um, yeah. So so question one will be what exactly was that when you had no start? Because you, I'm going to give you a little bit of a hard time. You obviously had cold traffic some point in time. Not nope. now. I- but, I just got cold traffic in the last two years. Sweet. That's awesome. So I want to hear more about that. That's super cool. And then secondarily, though, is kind of on the faith slash reinvention. How much do you think this is you reinventing yourself? Or since you're diving more into faith, is it more you uncovering yourself? That's a really good question. You so, can start um, with that one, I guess. I, I said to my husband the other day that we just get to, we were in Carmel and, um, you know, we went to Hawaii. We came back for a few days, went to Carmel. Um, we built in a, a two day event around one of my friend's birthdays. And then we treated our friends to an incredible like few days in Carmel. And, um, and I said, you know, at any point, all of this can be gone because at the end of the day, like I just feel so blessed that I get to live the life that I get to live right now. And I'm really present to that. That's not just a good story. Like I literally was saying that to my husband the other day. Like we are so lucky that we get to live like this and we get to do something we love. Like that is, that is just a blessing. But I feel like this is like, like I can recreate the structures of what I've done, but I have listened to the calling on my life. And this is probably why I know and why I anchor this in so many people that chose to be an entrepreneur 
we have a bunch of new entrepreneurs coming online because like not only do we most likely have a recession coming into play i could just say we do have a reset most people know this it's coming in right now but we also um we also are moving into a, an era that like people like i'm have more clients now that are talking about bots and you know they're like i mean even our sales process is streamlined a lot with bots and things like that and then they move to real people so it's like you know lots of jobs are going away so i think there's people that are going to come online that if you heard me four years ago i was like you, you're either born an entrepreneur or you're not right mm. now i believe that there's going to be a new entrepreneur and that's the one that just replaces their job so so but what i will say is anybody who chooses to be an entrepreneur other than possibly the new ones that come on board which i don't know a lot about yet because we haven't lived this area um entrepreneurship traditionally has nothing to do with us and everybody wants this huge success but you can't like you can't get there by saying i'm bored or i don't feel passionate about what i'm doing anymore because it has nothing to do with you you know what i mean like mm-hmm. It's 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 like would you have somebody on your it, like an employee that said you know what I'm I'm just a little I'm just a little bored with running this marketing department now I'm a little bored with uh, it's like I'd be like oh shit uh, time for me to look for somebody else like but then these people like think that it's okay to just like somehow it's okay to just recreate another product service because they feel inspired and do it and you see the best marketers out there I mean I'm not going to say them but like I just saw two men partner together and they're popping out another program and they're like we're partners now we're bi-. and I'm like come on guys like who's going to take a real stand for like ultimate growth these like people are cashing in on people's like investments and then they're reinvesting them and they're making lots of money mm-hmm. but like what about the good old days where you buy a product and you stay with the company long term because you love it like I think Sarah Blakely's got that down with Spanx mm-hmm. right like I'm wearing a pair of Spanx leggings. You know what I mean? Like and I love them. You know, like I love them. They're they're like so my point is is like maybe I was never a pro, I, like a buyer of some of her other products, but I love these leggings and I've told everybody about them. Mm-hmm. Like what about like that? Like what about real business? You know what I mean? Like real business. And so yeah, so the answer that the I'm sorry I kind of tangent on that, but I have a real like wake up everybody, you know, like um yeah, so I have a calling on my life and everybody does. Yeah. And I don't believe like I read scripture almost every day. Um and I go to church on Sundays and um I hate this spiritual conversation saying I'm spiritual not religious. I'm like, "Well, you are a religion because you're saying that." It's all segregation and I just feel like I I don't know I just feel like God is God and and we all have the same creator maker whatever you want to call it and if you listen if you listen to the pull and you walk through your fears you're going to be pleasantly happy you're going to be taken care of now that doesn't mean that you don't have like I've had foreclosures in my background you know when I started this company I let go of three properties when the market crashed um they kept going down and down and down and I made a move and decided to let go of them and live in one of my properties for like 10 months mortgage free but i chose to believe that this was part of the plan you know like this is the opportunity here is that the typically many people's biggest nuts when they're growing anything in life is your mortgage i don't have these i don't have these mortgages anymore and so for 10 months i'm living free so i better figure out how to do this you know like little things like that and mm-hmm. then 
So that was the answer to that question. It's like, do you have another question with that? Like, no, no. I mean, you kind of, you, you answered it and you kind of answered it by merging the two. So no, I, I got it. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Mary, did you, uh, cause I know you're on the, on the religious side of things and then there's the spirituality side and how it relates to business and it just, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing that that's uh, like resonating it. for you pretty, <laughs> well, pretty deeply. So I've done the whole, I'm spiritual and try different churches and, and whatnot, but I'm a cradle born Catholic. So mm-hmm. I've definitely come back to my Catholic faith, which is yeah. extremely spiritual and extremely rich. Yeah. Um, and people label it a religion. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely live in the divinity of our, my faith, not the humanity, because we're all human. We're all sinners. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall on our face. So just focus on the spiritual part of it, the richness, the scripture. I read every day yeah. as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, even like even that piece, like, um, you know, like um, like we're all sinners, like a lot of people can't hear that because mm-hmm. they don't understand it. But it's like. The, the piece that unhooks you from feeling bad about that is like forgiveness. So yeah. It's like, imagine like I had another client that just crossed seven figures and, and then I noticed she was pulling back and I've been watching her lose ground. And I was like, I don't want to say her name, but it's like, um, you know, let's call her Tracy. I was like, Tracy, like what's going on? And there was like some shame in her life. She made a decision that put her on the hook for co-signing for somebody. And it was a bad move. And, and, it, and it was a bad move and she feels shameful about it. And I'm like, like forgiveness, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's just, it's, you know, what I've found in scripture and in like studying God's word, that there's a lot of peace that if you understand the, it's kind of like, you know, somebody, you can be in a circle and you say something, you whisper to somebody by the time it gets around to the other end, it's a completely different story. That's my experience of people's relationship with God. Do you know what I mean? Like if they don't actually get into the word and really study the entire word. I mean, even in scripture, it says like the church is one of the most, um, the church is one of the biggest sinners of them all, depending on who's leading it. Exactly. That's the humanity part of it. Exactly. And we all have that humanity in us. And I totally agree with the forgiveness part because we, we definitely should on ourselves and we, we do not live up to what he put in us to be. That's mm-hmm. right. We certainly do not. So bravo on your work. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so let me ask you this. I mean, obviously 2019 is shaping up to be an amazing year. You, I mean, more events, more people. I'm talking to Kelly on your team. I mean, you guys are hoping to, to get 16, 1,800 people at the next zone event. Not, not hoping. You will get 1,600, 1,800 people yeah, there. We yes, don't, I am. We don't, we don't actually operate like that. We always over-exceed our numbers. Always. And so let me just ask you this, because uh, on, on the surface, right, I mean, again, you look at you, you're a gorgeous girl, beautiful house, beautiful family, you know, the business is cranking. What what scares the hell out of you, though? I mean, what 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 are you still struggling with? What what keeps you up at night, so to speak? Sounds fine. Um, so you know what really scares me is um, growing the company and the culture ever changing. Like I, I love the culture of Hardcore, and I know that at some point um, we'll have a CEO running this company, and I'm already ready to take that hat off. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so um, I want to make sure you know 
it just scares me that that changes because I care about our team members inside of Heartcore. So as we're helping entrepreneurs become wealthy and, and rich really, and, and have strong leadership qualities to be able to responsibly transform not only their lives, but the people that they're working with, as we do that work in people, um, you know, I want to make sure that internally our team gets wealthy too. And so like, you know, my advisor, many of like our ad, so we do gross revenue sharing inside my company every quarter. Um, anybody who's been with the company for a year gets gross revenue sharing every quarter. And like, I still feel like I can do better. So now I'm like, they have this extra money coming in every quarter for like some of them. It's like, they just added a significant amount of money to, you know, I mean, if they get, you know, five, thousand dollars a quarter or seven thousand dollars a quarter or three thousand dollars a quarter whatever it ends up being for that quarter mm -hmm. um it adds up over the year sure. and so and they're not getting advised on how to use that not i know it's their responsibility to do that but like like this is why i think generosity is so important like i actually stay up at night and think well i'm not ready to do an esop with the company employee-owned company um, i'm just not there yet I like I'm working, I'm working on my own trust factors and all of that. I'm just not there yet, yep. but, um, but, and I'm not going to do it just for taxes. Like it's, that's not like, that's a perk, but that's not why I would do it. You know what I mean? And so, um, so we're going to bring our advisors in, um, to now coach our team. And these are like really expensive asset attorneys, advisors, tax consultants, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. feel and it saves me $600,000 in my taxes. Like my team doesn't have access to that and nor does it make sense for them, to, for many of them, mm -hmm. maybe my executive team, but many of them to invest in that. And so I am bringing them in to help them like know what to do with that money based on their goals. So it scares me to lose my team um, into the abyss of an ever growing company where they mm -hmm. don't feel loved, taken care of, and I wouldn't want to be sitting on their side of the computer or their side of the desk and like see somebody pop up. It happens all the time. Like I work part time and I made $250,000 and they're like, what? Like, yeah. Time so for let Shannon me, to give me a raise. Let, <laughs> you know? let, me, let me ask you this because part of, I, I think the, the struggle for many folks like, like you, like me, like, you know, the Brennan Richards of the world, those sort of folks who have these, for lack of a better term, expert or guru-led type businesses, what I've become very clear on in the last... No, mine's not. Mine's not. So, Mine... so, let, so, so let's talk about that because I know what I've become very clear on, is, especially in the, over the last three months, is that the business that I have been building over the last nine-odd years is, is certainly sustainable. It's, it's certainly scalable but it's not necessarily saleable because yeah, yeah. of the reliance on that leader being me to take the stage or to do the podcast or to do the events or to create the courses, et cetera, et cetera. So your structure, as I think you were just about to say, is, is different. And you're thinking about it perhaps from an exit perspective. So can you talk about what you're thinking about as it relates to an exit and then how you are structuring your business so that it is scalable, sustainable, as well as saleable. So uh, once I got into Inc. as one of the fastest growing companies, um, I started getting calls from people that wanted to invest in venture capital and that type of stuff. And, and I haven't entertained any of them. And 
Um, and I have the guy that does everybody else's, you know what I mean? Like Brendan's and everybody else. So it's like, it's not like a, I, it's not right there and super tempting. Um, but the truth is, is it's actually not my vision to sell the company. Um, and so, uh, we are actually building out the company and have been, I, I named it Heartcore Business, um, not Shanda Sumter because it's never been my heart to be the guru. Um, just like I don't. I don't need to run this company. Like I would like to do my role that I do really well. I'm a great coach. I'm a great leader. I can get almost anybody through whatever it is they're facing so that they can fully optimize their life, find that next gear. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a huge value to that. And I feel lit up when I do that. Um, I'm also a great strategist, but it's like the hats keep coming off as the company grows. Um, and so, but what I would like to do is I would, I would like to, I, I guess everybody, well, maybe not everybody. I, I feel like the calling on this company is a billion dollar company. I have no desire to grow a billion dollar company. I am very comfortable. I, I like it's, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? And honestly, this company is just getting started. Like we now know every funnel that we need to this point. We, um, we have Ascension plans. We like, we're good to go. You know what I mean? And so it's just getting started. We're opening up Australia. We're going to Australia for a month in, Mar in March. But you're still up. doing, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I mean, you are still doing the videos. You are still leading. Only, but I don't lead most of the masterminds. I don't lead um, out of the 60 plus events a year. Um, I'm now leading the two, the two, two of the coach yourself to success groups a month, but I, I love it. Like that's mm -hmm. the stuff I would do no matter what. I love that. Yeah. Right. So um, but out of those events, I mean, other than the coach yourself to success events that I do, I only lead, um, two client events a year. Mm -hmm. The zone, you lead that one, of course. And the zone then... event, two client, so two client events a year, the zone event. So two, two days, the zone event. And now I'm starting to do these two day events that I started halfway through last year. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm what I'm also trying to find out is if you were coaching someone who was starting from scratch and building a business that revolves around some sort of of leader, how would you coach them to structure that so that it was scalable, sustainable and saleable? If someone is starting from scratch, knowing what you know now, probably you would do and maybe you wouldn't, but maybe you would do some things different. I, I honestly wouldn't see because like even our speakers division is not around me. I don't teach any of that. Our leadership division is like a hundred percent, not me. Um, the speakers division is a hundred percent, not me. Mm -hmm. And pace private is a hundred percent, not me other than their two day mastermind at the end. Mm -hmm. um, and marketing mastery. I go because I'm actually learning the same stuff they're learning. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm actually a participant in the audience with them. And of course I feel like a celebrity to them, but I might say something for maybe half an hour, mm -hmm. um, but I don't have to be there and I'm learning from them. I'm like, I'm learning from the people that we have training and the trainers. So I, have developed a trainer-based company and the trainers are interchangeable and I am a trainer within the company but um but I but I'm like almost out of I actually I really am out of training other than the two-day pace mastermind um like I'm gonna go to graduation of our leadership program tonight I wasn't there I just have some friends doing it so I want to be there for graduation mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I was just going to maybe it closes the gap a teeny bit on where where I think you were going with that, Steve, is 
So you mentioned you only got into cold traffic the last two years. So what what was that first step and how did you first get started? Because you didn't have money for a team or maybe you did because it sounds like you built. No, I, di- I didn't really. Um, what was that first starting, stepping off in the reinvention and how was it just calling your Rolodex and telling people you were going to start coaching? Because if it wasn't no. cold, how'd you do it? I, a friend of mine started mailing their database for me, um, and he would mail, like, every, like, two months for me and help me get, like, my program sold out. Um, and then his dad would help me with some of the tech stuff on the back, and I'd pay him, like, 300 bucks a month. And sometimes it was like he would just do it for free to help me because he so believed in me. Um, and... That, that I mean, then what I realized is in real estate, what had me grow so significantly is I leveraged other people's email lists. And so what I realized, I didn't know like, like an online summit or, um, you know, basically a podcast that instead of it being open, people mail and it goes through an opt-in page to hear the interviews. I didn't know that was a real thing. I just created it. Mm. And then I found out it was a thing. So like that, that, like we created our own version of how to do that. Um, our own generator emails, our own, like everything was created out of nothing yeah, only because I knew that I was dead in the water if I didn't control my traffic. And so that's what, so when I started doing that to sell my product that nobody got any results from because I didn't know what I was doing, thank God I managed my mind and walked through that step. But um, then I started teaching other people how to do what I did that created the freedom only because I kept seeing when I would talk to anybody, nobody had lists, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So like everybody's like 12 steps ahead of the list there. It's like when I did an infomercial, um, I went and met with my friend Dean Graziosi and I said, um, I got to figure out like this, like, do I go with this call center, or this call center? He's like, Shanda, you don't even have to think about a call center because you don't even need a call center if the infomercial is not successful. It's like, everybody's like creating their products, their services, their talking signature talk and all this stuff. I'm like, nobody's going to see it. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to go out and look for the audience. I would like to control the audience that I could message at any time. Yeah, yeah, super smart. And you've built up. I mean, obviously, uh, don't have to get into specific specifics if you don't want to. Uh, but you've built up a pretty good social media following. You've built up a, obviously a solid email list. What other channels do you use in terms of platforms that that you control? Are there other channels? Um, events, our events, you know, mm-hmm. we, our events are incredible. So we, uh, you know, we, we completely train our information products in total, like for free. So instead of having to invest 1500 or 3000 for our information products, you could still do that. Mm-hmm. But you can, if we're at an event in your neighborhood, you can come for completely free and people walk out with the entire information product completed and workshopped out. Like they've done it. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. during those workshops, um, we we people always come to us. Like on day one, people are asking us to hire us, like in our coaching zone. And our coaching zone is strict uh, strict orders to not make offers, to just help get people clear. We serve first. Then we tell them, if you want to hear how to work with us, we're going to make an offer in that room. So we stay respectful. And people who want to make an offer, they come to another room with us, and then I'll show them like I'll actually do a full blown pitch and, mm-hmm. and I tell them I'm pitching you, watch it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. watch what I do. I tell them what I do. And 
they're adults and they can make a decision if they feel like they would like to continue to coach with us and get all the things that we offer, then they can come into our ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And and you walk the talk. I mean, I, I know you invest also into other mentors and, and coaches and so on. As a matter of fact, um, I have never been a part of her program, but I think you and I first met at a Suzanne Evans event. Yeah, that was uh, it. Yeah, with Ray Perez and just kind of hanging out. I think that's where we actually first met many, yeah. many years ago. So as you've invested in some of these other types of coaches over the years, what, what do you take the most pride in in terms of doing differently? I mean, I'm sure you've learned from all of them and, and ways to do things, ways not to do things, what you like, what you don't like, best structure, best system, et cetera. But what, what do you consider to be the biggest differentiator between you then and some of the others, even some of those that you've learned from over these years? What, what have you, what, how would you, you summarize know, that? Um, honestly, I think that I chose coaches that were much like me in different areas. Like I coached with Dean as well uh, last year, um, invested $100,000 to, to like coach with him. Mm -hmm. um, Suzanne, like, you know, I, Suzanne's very misunderstood in the marketplace. She's a very generous, giving human being. Um, and some people think that she's not because she's so straightforward. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I think um, what they all did for me is they all like saw me and believed that I could. And what none of them did for me was put their models on top of me and have me become them. And so I just, I do everything different from them. I mean, I really do. Like Suzanne taught me how to, how to do events, but like, um, I don't do events anything like her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like not even like, she's much more of a hustler than me. And, and I, I admire that in her. Like I admire her hustle. The only reason why I haven't gone for a New York times bestseller yet is because I'm like, like that hustle. And I, and I work hard, you know what I mean? But yeah. like that is insane so I have to really build myself up to it and I work my husband would like if he was standing here he'd say to you guys don't let her kid you she hustles you know but yeah. but like Suzanne is a much better hustler than me you know what I mean like she will she'll she'll work through 12 cries you know what I mean and keep going you know like mm -hmm. she just well she's just relentless mm -hmm. you know I'm resilient but I'm not relentless yeah you know what no, I mean I totally and so you have to know your you have to know your character and work in the areas of your character that work for you. Mm -hmm. You know, like and not try and be somebody else. So I would burn myself out when she's like, "I've been on the road for like basically a month and a half or two months." I'm like, oh. "Yeah." Like, I'm like, "No way!" Like, "No way!" And mm -hmm. here today, I do many more events than she does today, and that's not a competition. I'm just it just shows you. How if you don't, if I would have done it her way, I would have, I would have given up on events, mm -hmm. right? But that's because she's stronger than I am in that way, you know? So I do it my way and I do many, many more events than she does. And then most people in the coaching market, somebody yeah. told me that you do 60 plus events, you must be exhausted. I'm like, do you really think I lead all those? No mm -hmm. way. So we only mm. just got a, just a few minutes left here, but uh, let, let me just ask you this question. I mean, obviously you invest hundred K with somebody like Dean what what was your biggest takeaway out of that? Was it was it worth hundred k? Is it just a proximity thing to develop the relationship? I'm just oh, curious, yes. like what 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 do you get out of hundred k? Yeah, so I think people underestimate the power of relationships, and um, so I did pay the hundred thousand dollars, 
uh, just to develop the relationship with Dean and have his eyes on what I was already doing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, what I realized is like the way he operates is like so it's so genuine and it's so me. So I gained more confidence again. So I was like mm-hmm. way ahead of me in years. But like I, we are so similar in the way that we speak and market and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, like even he kid, I built my whole last zone event around Dean showing up and making it easy for it being in his backyard. And of course he showed up. I'm sure he would have showed up anywhere because that's just the type of guy he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did that to honor him and then told him while he was on the stage. And I've seen him use that in like multiple different launches. And I just love that I got to be a part of like, you know, giving back to him. And, you know, when I screwed up my clothes, I totally screwed up my clothes at that event. And then I went and I told everybody I screwed up my clothes and made a repitch. And 40% of the room said yes to working with us, wow. you know, and that it's a much bigger room than when you saw it. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, Dean was like, that is insane. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's cool when you have somebody of that caliber and that experience, look at you and say that. So it's like, sure. I don't know. They just, I just pick good coaches and they, be, they mm. believe in the people they coach and they're not all about the money. They're actually about us. Yeah. Well, let me give you an opportunity here to share then uh, in this last 60 seconds, uh, where should people go to find out more information? What, what do we want people to do as far as the, the world of Shanda is concerned at the moment? Well, without a doubt, if you want to forex your company and see what I've done from inception of idea to where it's at now, definitely go to the zone event. It only happens once a year. Um, and it's still relatively small in the essence of it's not like 5,000 people. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it's about 40% men and the rest women. Um, so single guys, it's a great place for you to go to see powerful, amazing women. Mm. But in all joking aside, uh, again, like our reputation is stellar for teaching real, like real strategies. Not You're not going to see a ton of speakers in there spinning people's heads. Like it's yeah. a workshop and it's really really good is that um, the zone event.com or what's yeah. the yeah the zone event.com yeah and um and then other than that the one platform i'm always on facebook on our hardcore business page i stream live every morning at 7 a.m mm-hmm. monday through friday but to actually talk to me i'm still answering inboxes in instagram because we're focusing okay. on building that channel which is under my name shannon awesome. Awesome, awesome. Shanna Sumter, really appreciate you hanging out with us. I know how busy you are, all the fun stuff that you got going on. But definitely check out Shanda's work for Richie Ote and Mary Goulet, White Wayne, and Kelly Poker holding it down back at headquarters. I'm Steve Olsher, and we will talk to you guys next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care, everybody. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. Attention coaches, authors, speakers, and business owners. Please pay close attention to what I'm about to say if you want to secure massive visibility fast and generate thousands of highly qualified leads without spending a dime on advertising or marketing. The easiest way to make this happen is to appear as a guest on the world's most popular podcast. We recently came across an awesome resource that provides detailed contact information for 240 new media influencers who are looking for guests just like you. 
askyou. It's called the Ultimate Directory, and for a limited time, you can get the preview edition of the directory absolutely free. That's right, for free. It's time for you to get the visibility you and your business deserve and connect with the world's leading icons of influence who can make you famous with the push of a button. Get your free preview edition of the Ultimate Directory right now at www.myultimatedirectory.com. That's myultimatedirectory.com.